Welcome to the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. Is your business getting beaten by the competition? Are your profits dwindling? It's time to kickstart your HVAC business. Here's your host, Nick Balowski. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Balowski. We've got another great episode lined up for you today. The topic is direct mail. Personally, I'm a big, big fan of direct mail. This is one of the primary tools that I use to build my search marketing company up from scratch. It worked fantastically well and still continues to work well for me today. So direct mail is a tool that's actually used by pro marketers and they've been doing this for decades. You know, we've seen the internet come along, we've seen a lot of different techniques come and go and direct mail is one thing that has stood the test of time. So back through the, well, I think the 90s was actually starting to get a little bit spammy. Um, it almost seemed that you know every day we were receiving lots of different direct mail promotions from all sorts of companies. Um, but now I think it's actually back in fashion. A lot of people have, or well, they tended to go off direct mail, but now everyone's using the internet. I mean, who really actually gets a letter in the mail from anybody anymore? It's, I know personally the amount of mail that I receive has actually reduced quite a lot. Everything is going online. All the bills that come through are coming in online. So direct mail, I think, um, is really hitting them the spot in terms of actually generating some interest and generating some conversion. So let's go through what's actually important about direct mail. So there's quite a few things, but firstly, the lists is very very important so the list is basically who is your market and who you're going to send your direct mail piece to so you might be in the residential HVAC market or you might be in the commercial market you can find lists of people to send your offer you know just about anywhere list brokers are a really good place to start the great thing about list brokers is that you can pretty much inquire about creating any type of list that you can imagine. You know, think about if you're in a residential HVAC market and you're looking to sell some of your products and services, you know, what would your customer avatar be? They would probably be driving a car of a certain level that almost definitely have a credit card and they might live in a particular area. So you can go to a list broker and actually get a list of people that live in a particular area, have a Visa or a MasterCard or both, and they drive a particular type of car. So if a person actually meets all of those requirements, then you can know a couple of things. That Again, if you're in the residential market, they live in a particular geographic zone, they have enough disposable income to be able to afford certain luxuries and they have credit cards so they have a credit rating it might not mean they have a good credit rating but they at least have access to funds so usually if someone has a credit card they are holding down a reasonable steady job as well so you know those sort of requirements or bits of information or selects they call them in the direct marketing industry really help you narrow down the type of person that's actually on your list and obviously if you can get really really specific with the type of person that you're marketing to then the chances of 
turning that person into a customer or making a conversion is a lot greater. So the SRDS or the Standard Rate and Data Service does a similar thing where you can actually find lists of people all across uh, the United States that actually have the types of people that you're looking for. So if you're looking for somebody that drives a Ford motor car and earns $40,000 per year and subscribes to Sports Illustrated magazine, you can actually find a list of people in a particular geographic zone or even just in the United States that meet those particular requirements or selects. So again, it really helps to narrow down the people that you actually have on your list and who you're mailing to because let's face it, you don't really want to be mailing to absolutely everybody. It's one slight disadvantage of direct mail is that there is a cost that's involved with it. Obviously, email can be sent out very, very inexpensively. Whereas direct mail, you know, if you're adding up all of your postage costs and the printing and by the time the whole thing gets put together, you might be able to get something out in the mail for around 90 cents uh, per letter sent out, which I think is fantastic. You know, it's obviously increased a lot from years gone by where you used to be able to get stuff out there for 30 cents where you know that was an absolute steal um, being able to market so cheaply but it does hit the mark now you know a letter usually gets into the mail and gets you know gets to its intended recipient most of the time so the other important thing in direct mail is the offer so it can't really be just a run-of-the-mill so-so kind of offer you can't have people sitting on the fence about your offer. It has to literally knock people off the fence and want them to do business with you. So ideally, the offer that you make them is a great one, one that they can't get anywhere else, and time-sensitive. So for them to qualify for your particular offer, they have to get off their butt within the next week, two weeks, 90 days, whatever it is. Ideally, the time-sensitivity to the offer is actually quite close to the current date. So Dan Kennedy is absolutely fanatical about direct mail and he talks about having the right message, going out to the right market and using the right medium. So if we put it into the terms that we've just already spoken of, the message is the offer that you're creating, the market is the list and the medium is direct mail and you need to have absolute synergy between all three of those things to get your campaign working correctly. So I want to talk about a few tricks of the trade in terms of direct mail and you know these things are really really important and they're going to have a profound impact on the type of mail that you're sending out. And a, a word of caution, the direct mail that I propose and you know people like Dan Kennedy and direct marketing legends propose, it's probably nothing like you've ever seen before. One thing that I guess is pivotal in understanding how direct mail will actually work and what it looks like is an A-pile and B-pile theory. So I think this A-pile, B-pile theory was first coined by Gary Halbert, who's a legendary direct marketer. I think I spoke about him in a direct marketing podcast uh, earlier on, one of the first podcasts I ever actually did. And the A-pile, B-pile theory goes like this, where basically people, when they get their mail out of the letterbox, they're sorting it over a trash can. So they get the mail, and before they do anything, they have a quick sort through the mail that they've got. And in their mind, they're not actually doing this, but they actually create 
an A pile and a B pile. So the B pile is basically the junk mail and the stuff that just doesn't look personalised and and unimportant. So the B pile either gets you know put off to the side or at worst it gets thrown into a trash can. If your mail is actually getting into this B pile and it looks you know spammy and horrific and nobody wants to open it, then you're in real trouble because a lot of the time you're sending mail out that's not even getting opened. So you have to get your mail into the A pile. So what's in people's A piles? Well, think about when you actually sort through your mail that comes through. What gets into the A pile? So in my A pile, you know, bills get in there from people that I actually know and personal letters that come through. So the whole idea of the direct mail that I do is you need to get particularly the outside of your mail packages on your envelopes, they need to look personal. So if you can do this, it is self-addressed or hand-addressed envelopes. So using a pen, actual live postage stamps on there, and either plain white or plain yellow envelopes. So if something like this comes through, it actually looks really, really personal, and people are going to open it. They're really, really curious. If you're sending your mail out there, your you know, unsolicited direct mail out there and it's got teasers all over it, free prize inside and all those sorts of things and lots of text on the outside. You have to be really careful. That sort of stuff, you know, it might appeal to some people, they might open it. You know, the hot hot prospects might open it. But a lot of the time you're just not going to get your mail open and it's going to get thrown into the bin. And you don't want that at all. You want to at least give yourself a chance to get your offer out there. So if you're in the A pile, you stand a good chance of getting your letter opened. So what's some things that actually you know, make the chances higher of getting your letter read? So a few things that we'll go through now are really important. You need to have some sort of headline or impact point to your mail that goes out. So a headline is a fantastic thing to put in your mail. So think of your newspapers that you buy from, say, a newspaper stand. They're just sitting there, or the magazines, and they have one sentence or one phrase on the newspaper or magazine that lures you into picking it up and hopefully making a purchase from there. So your direct mail has to do the same thing. So you're either using a headline or a grabber is a fantastic tool as well where it almost creates a bit of a, a lumpy mail type of effect where somebody gets some mail and they can actually feel on the inside that something's in this package. So you might do something as simple as you know putting a, a coupon or, on a bulldog clip or something you know attached to a few pieces of paper where your where your mail letter is, and people feel that and they get curious and that gets them actually looking and reading the mail that you've got. So grabbers and, and headlines and lump your mail works fantastic in not only getting your mail opened particularly if you're using a grabber but actually gets people reading your offer so they're just some things that i like to implement in particular with my direct mail i've actually found on some of my campaigns that not actually having a headline works really well but using the grabber as the headline so i'll have a grabber which will be something with a bulldog clip maybe attached to it and then I just get straight into the letter from there and ideally with your letter if you can find out the person's name that you're sending it to then you can personalize the letter so it might be dear Bob or dear Gary or dear Mary and then you can go into it from there dear friend or 
dear household or a dear resident, you know, obviously that's not as personalised and you're going to lose a lot of people in that first sentence that you write. So it's really, really important. So the other trick to direct mail, and you only ever really see the pros doing this, is to use a sequence. So a lot of people, when they try any sort of marketing, they just try the one shot type of technique. They give it a go, they do it once, and if it doesn't work, they never do it again. The pros actually know that they should be using a sequence and the power is in actually using the sequence. The direct market has actually discovered this decades ago from the collections industry. If you had any bad debt, have you ever noticed if you don't pay your phone bill, at least in my country anyway, that if you don't pay your bill, you'll get a an overdue notice to start with and then you'll get a warning letter and then you'll get a final notice. So each letter that comes through basically builds pressure. They're putting a deadline on you and it's building pressure and it's letting you know that, hey, we've sent you all these other letters, here's what the offer is and we think that you should act on this straight away. So you don't want to get too aggressive with it because you'll just annoy people into not taking any action at all and they won't even like you. So space your letters 7 to 14 days apart. I like to do mine probably more like the 14 days apart I think is a good thing. So you're sending out, start with a three letter campaign and send out three letters 14 days apart. So what that means is over six weeks you're sending three letters out to somebody. You, you've got to know at the end of six weeks if you're actually writing good sales letters that is whether you're going to get a response out of people. You have to remember though with these letters that you just need to factor in you know, what you're prepared to pay for a lead or prepared to pay for a sale. So three letters at a cost of 90 cents. You don't have to be a genius at maths to figure out that that's $2.70. You know, most people in their marketing budget can afford to spend $2.70 to acquire a customer. So it's really an inexpensive way of doing things. Three letters is a great place to start, but you could probably afford to spend a little bit more money. So what are some other uses for direct mail? So you can actually use direct mail for doing customer reactivation campaigns. So there's been some really interesting studies and statistics done on direct mail over the decades. And it's, it's interesting to note that only 10% of people that leave your business actually have a, a grievance or a problem with your business. So a lot of people just decide, well they don't actually decide I should say, they just end up not doing business with you. You know, life gets in the way, they have kids, somebody dies in their family, whatever the situation might be and they just don't end up doing business with you. They don't use you for doing services or whatever it is that they were doing before. So the flip side of that is that you can have a really good success rate with winning people back over. M most typical customer reactivation campaigns can have around a 40% success rate. That obviously means if you're sending a reactivation letter out to 100 people, 40% of those people or 40 people are actually going to come back. The other part of the gap is, you know, of that 40% that comes back, that leaves us with 50% of people that, you know, aren't really bothered either way. You know, you can continue to market to those people, you know, down the track. They've they're a past customer of yours, they did business with you, they're not fussed either way, they don't have a problem with you. So if you can 
market to them and continue to be front of mind when they have an issue or when they are looking to upgrade a system or buy a new system when they move to a new house or whatever it is they're going to come to you because in their mind when they think heating and cooling or if they think hydronic heating or whatever it is they think of your business so most people will just give up the give up the chase so to speak you know they'll do business with somebody once and they'll never market to them again they'll just let them go and they'll move on to finding the latest and, and newest customer so i think this is a really big mistake because from past customers obviously you can get uh, referrals from people you can you might have a joint venture partner they might just keep buying repeated things you might actually be doing business with a person that has multiple rental properties if you're in the residential type of market and they they might be upgrading their systems on a cycle every year or you might be able to do a service to each of their rental properties you never know you just the trick is obviously just to keep marketing to these people and it's so inexpensive obviously once you've done direct mail you can move on to doing things like postcards or email or phone calls or whatever it is so don't be limited with uh, just using direct mail for doing customer reactivation anyway so we got off the track a little bit there going down customer reactivation but I think you realize that um, it's a really strong part of what you can do with direct mail so the other thing that direct mail is absolutely fantastic for in my opinion is lead nurturing if we use the example earlier where we're doing a three-step letter campaign you can continue to send direct mail out to unconverted leads after that initial three-letter burst I guess you could say so again we harp on about this in just about every episode and every video but you've got to know how much a person is worth to your business and what you are going to spend to acquire them we said earlier sending out three letters this basic letters is going to cost two dollars seventy total to send out three letters if you're prepared to pay a hundred dollars per lead you know there's plenty of available funds there to be able to spend on marketing to be able to spend on further direct mail campaigns postcards and those sorts of things there's lots and lots of things that you can do to nurture these leads and I'm sure you know about your business as well as anyone you know some people don't just click their fingers and go out and want to buy a ten thousand dollar system you know it might take them six months or twelve months to finally come to the realization that they want to do it or it might take a year by the time they initially investigate getting a heating and cooling system before they actually have the available funds so if you can nurture that person throughout the whole buying cycle from start to finish just by using inexpensive things such as direct mail again the whole time you don't have to be salesy and pushy you can take a very nurturing type of approach and an educational type of approach and when they're ready to buy they're going to lean towards you and if they're ever going to recommend somebody or make a referral because you've nurtured them before and because you've been polite and sincere in the way that you've done business you're going to get those referrals so lead nurturing is a fantastic use for direct mail okay so now it's time for our HVAC business growth tip of the week so this week's tip of the week is again it's an action tip so what I want you to do is I want you to map out your marketing process that you've got so 
what happens from when somebody actually makes contact with your company or what are the tactics that you use? Set out the process, maybe draw it up on a piece of paper or a whiteboard. And what I want you to do is actually see where direct mail can come into it. You know, do you have the opportunity to maybe get a list of people in your area of your residential person or maybe get a list of all the property developers in your city if you're into that more commercial type of market and figure out where you can actually integrate direct mail into your campaigns. If you can, start with a very, very small test. You know, like I said, it might only be 90 cents or a dollar a piece and a bit of your time to sort it out. So go out there and maybe put out 300 letters. Um, that's enough to actually get a little bit of a response on it. So if you send out 300 letters to people in the first go, you might get a 1% response rate. So obviously for 300 letters, 1% would be three people that would come through to the business on that first letter. So you might repeat in step two and get 1% again, and then step three, you'll get 1% again. So what have you spent? You've spent $900 and you've sent out 900 letters in total. But if we keep going on that 1% conversion rate that we spoke about, you've actually pulled nine customers from that. So you spent $900. What are nine customers actually worth to your business? If you sold, you know, you might have a, an average dollar transaction of, say, it's $800 or something like that. You know, nine times $800 is, what, 700 and, oh, sorry, 7200 So you spent $900 to make a return on investment of just over $7,000. Do the math. I think that's absolutely a fantastic return on investment. Anybody would want to do that. And that's just on a 1% conversion rate. You know, I, I've had some of my mail campaigns have got, 5% and 7% on that very first step that comes back. So it's a fantastic way to generate business. And that's on cold list as well. People that actually haven't put their hand up and said, please market to me. Direct mail works even better if you're doing lead generation. If people are actually putting their hand up and asking for information or making a phone call to, business, to your business, and then you integrate direct mail into the campaign along with phone calls and postcards and emails and catalogs and all that other stuff it works absolutely fantastic okay so that's all we've got time for today we've had a great episode on direct mail i hope you've enjoyed it i'm your host nick Belowski. thank you for listening and i'll see you next time this has been another edition of the hvac business growth podcast for more marketing tips and strategies, go to the website, hvacbusinessgrowth.com.